Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Today we have a crazy story of revenge of spilling some secrets. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, Little Bully got a bad nickname. Some years ago, I got back at some boys in a boarding school for bullying me. It was a really long time ago. At the time, I was 13 and the boys were probably 12. For more context, here's a background story. My parents decided that a boarding school was the best option for me just some months before I turned 13. Mind you, we weren't rich or anything, but my mom used to work in the school and they had a policy of letting kids of staff pay only half of the school fees amount. My mom stopped working there the same year I came in, but she had worked there for so long that it was okay for me to pay half the school fees, like the kids of other staff. When I was going to boarding school, my dad had one worry, and it was that I would be bullied by other boys for being effeminate. So he suggested to my mom that she pull strings at the school for me to be in the same room as younger boys, instead of boys my own age and grade. My mom thought it was a good idea, spoke to her old friends at the school, and I was taken to a room with boys a grade below mine. There were three other boys in the room, two boys who were twin brothers and the sons of a celebrity, and one other boy who was their friend. They welcomed me warmly into the room and we were all cool for the first week because it was orientation week. Orientation week was mostly about helping the new boys settle in properly in school. No academic activities went on during orientation week, just registration, orientation programs, and an orientation party. The boys and I were cool until the second week when academic activities started in the school. I guess because I was assigned to their room, the boys assumed I was in the same grade as them, and seeing that I was in a grade higher unsettled them. They didn't tell me this, of course, but I noticed their discomfort when they found out what grade I was in. I didn't get why that was a problem at first, but I soon found out. A boy in my class told me that a sort of hierarchy existed amongst the boys in school. A hierarchy that worked according to their grades, and the boys were not comfortable with me because they didn't want a senior boy in their room. One disadvantage of being in the same room as a senior boy was that the boys would never be free to do their own stuff out of fear of being ratted out by the senior boy, or the senior boys in the room could bully the junior boys. My friends told me they were probably worried that I'd bully or rat them out the teachers and the boys in my grade. I was not that kind of person at all. I mean, I am effeminate and have dealt with a degree of bullying in my old school. I decided to let the boys know through my actions that I'd never bully them and make them comfortable around me. That failed woefully too. I started by being extra friendly toward the boys, asking them to join in their games, joining in their conversations and all that. Sometimes I'd even join them in mocking teachers and some boys in my grade. I thought that that would make them feel more relaxed around me, and it did, but they became too relaxed. I never tried to sabotage them in the way that the other boys in my class would, so they just took it that I was stupid and a loser for wanting to be friends with them, and what's even worse, they still didn't trust me. They sometimes spoke in hushed tones whenever I was around. The more wary I noticed they were of me, the more I made efforts to make them more comfortable around me, and all eventually returned to bite me in the butt. The boys started to take me for granted and turned around to bully me. One day, one of the twins, he was the more outspoken twin, I noticed from the first day that his twin brother and the other boy always listened to him and did what he told them, walked up to me and asked why I was in their room. 
He asked when I was going to leave. I was too dumbfounded to say anything, plus I didn't even want to. I didn't want anything I did to be interpreted as trying to bully any of the boys. I'm guessing he interpreted my refusal to respond as a weakness, because the next time I walked into the room, I saw my large suitcase on the floor. The suitcase was the one I brought my stuff in when I moved to the boarding school, and since I emptied my suitcase on my first day in the room, I never took it out of the upper part of my closet. I was shocked to see it lying on the floor. I asked the boys what my suitcase was doing on the floor, none of them responded. They didn't even say a word. That night, their message became clear to me. They were telling me to leave the room. The week after, I returned to see my suitcase lying on the floor and on the suitcase were some of my clothes. I was mad and I started to yell at the boys, but I guess my yelling was nothing but entertainment to them because they burst out laughing. I left in frustration and started to think about what to do. I couldn't tell the boys in my grade that I was being bullied by boys in a lower grade. I already figured that would make the boys think I was dumb and they might even try to bully me too but I also didn't want to report the boys in my room for the same reason. When I returned the third time and saw that the contents of my closet had been emptied on the floor, I decided that I had to report the boys. That evening, I went to the hostel matron and told her about all that had been going on in the room. At first, she looked at me like I was crazy and was bothering her with a very minor issue, and then she muttered something about the boys being younger than me. The boys denied being responsible for my suitcase and other stuff being on the floor, and although the matron tried to act as though she cared and sternly warned them, it was obvious that she was uninterested in actually doing anything. She probably thought it was shameful that I was letting younger boys bully me, or she didn't think the boys taking down my suitcase was that big a deal. She left them with a warning, and for a while, the bullying stopped, but I still didn't feel satisfied. Reporting them to the matron did nothing but make me look weak. They still treated me badly in the room, and one afternoon, I returned from my classes and found my clothes on the floor. I was livid, but I'd already hatched the perfect plan for a revenge, and was even hoping they'd do it again so I could carry out my revenge. I didn't show any anger about my stuff on the floor the last time they did it. I just waited till none of the boys were in the room to carry out my revenge. The perfect time came one Sunday evening when all the boys were on the school sports field. I lied about leaving my good pair of sneakers in my closet back in the room, and the teacher gave me a pass to go pick it up. I went into the room, and while the other boys were out playing soccer that evening, I opened one of the boys' closets and peed all over his clothes. I deliberately decided to empty my bladder on the outspoken twin's clothes. He was no doubt the brain behind what all the boys had been doing, so I figured he was the best boy to start with. He'd ironed his uniforms and neatly arranged them in his closet. I peed all over his uniforms and even his towels. My original plan had been to make sure that the boy returned and saw his clothes soaked in pee, but they returned so late that by the time they came back, my pee had dried off on his clothes. The next day was a Monday, and he went to all his classes wearing a uniform that smelled like pee. Everyone mocked him, but I guess no one actually told him that he smelled like pee. The next day, he took fresh clothes from the cupboard that still smelled like pee. It wasn't until the third day that it dawned on him that he was the source of the foul smell and that most of his clothes smelled like that. By that time, it was already too late because he'd already been nicknamed Pea Cup. All the guys mocked him and even mocked his friends and brother too. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. For a long while, his confidence took a significant hit, and his friends and brother became a lot quieter too. Their hero had been humbled. I still wonder if they ever suspected that I did it, but what's important is that I never saw my clothes on the floor. The next year, I was assigned to a different room with boys in my grade. I mean, from the get-go, even if OP is a bit more effeminate than most people at this boarding school, is it not just an all-around terrible thing to do to purposely hold your kid back a year, even if they would fit in a little bit more in that circumstance? Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy crazy stories of revenge, it would be amazing if you left a like or left a review if you're listening to my podcast. That said, our next story is, I freaked my roommate out and made her leave. I live in my parents' four-bedroom in the city. My parents let me have the house after they both retired and moved to my hometown. Their only request was that I take good care of the house and maintain it properly. In my senior year in college, I needed more money because I wanted to start graduate school immediately after college and go on to be a university professor. After accepting a job as a teaching assistant, I decided to rent out the guest room downstairs as that would help me use the money from the rent to pay for maintenance. The money I made from being a teaching assistant and other jobs could cover my tuition. I met people who were looking for a place to rent, but not a lot of people wanted a place like my parents' home. They wanted a smaller place and some others were not comfortable with living with the landlord. The other people who wanted a place like mine were guys, but I preferred a female tenant. I was only going to let a guy in if I didn't find any interested women. Just as I was about to give up hope on finding a female tenant, I met someone I thought would make a good tenant. She was a young lady who said she was a model waiting to get a big break, but she also worked as a temporary secretary at a law firm. She did come off as a decent person, so I rented the room out to her. The process was seamless and I liked her immediately. I went to campus very early every morning at the time. The university is 20 minutes away from my house, but I still went early so I could attend to my job, study ahead for my classes and all that. I then returned late in the afternoon, took a short nap, ate dinner, and sometimes called my mom to give updates about my life, and then went on to sleep and wake up at midnight to study again. Studying was a big part of my life because my job as a teaching assistant was centered on research. I was also working as an academic writer for a professor who was working on research at the time. Plus, I was in the last semester of my senior year as an undergraduate. I also studied mostly at night because the city got very quiet at night and I am a night person. Well, it was quiet until my roommate moved in. When I first met her, 
I noticed her beauty, but one other quality I thought I observed was a quiet person. I could have sworn that my almost inexistent social life was better than hers. She looked very introverted and told me that she only had two friends from work who may visit from time to time. I figured friends from work meant friends from the law firm she worked in, and I imagined conservative people. She was right about having only two friends, but I didn't for a minute imagine that two friends could be as noisy as 15 people. The first day they came over and they all slept in the house, they made so much noise that I thought a party was being held downstairs. It didn't even help that my bedroom was directly below hers. I was going to knock on the door and ask that they keep the noise down, but it was their first time meeting me. I didn't want to make a bad first impression. Also, my tenant slash roommate had never made that kind of noise in the house before, so I decided to wave it off as a one-time thing. Two days later, the friends were back in the house and this time, they played songs. The music itself wasn't so loud, I couldn't hear the songs being played, but the bass had the whole house vibrating. I could not study and I was frustrated. I felt very bad for accepting three months rent from her in advance because if I had known that she had loud friends and would have them over often, I would have notified her about not bothering with the next month's repayment and lied about my parents coming back or something. The most annoying thing about it all was that I was unable to study but I was also unable to sleep. I wasted two nights doing nothing, and at the time, I had two major jobs to keep up with. Plus, my final exams were coming up. I couldn't afford to waste two nights in a row. The third night she got together with her friends, I had to go downstairs to talk to her about the noise as I could no longer handle the noise. I asked if she could keep it down, and to my greatest surprise, she said no. I didn't understand at first. I just thought she didn't hear what I'd said because I'd expected her to just say okay to keep the noise down. She refused to keep it down, accused me of being too uptight, and then said I was trying to be controlling. As if what she'd put me through wasn't enough, she made a habit of playing loud music in her room. Even when her friends weren't with her, she would play loud songs far into the night and disrupt my sleep and study pattern. When she'd stayed for nearly a month, I told her I was going to give her a refund of her rent for the remaining two months. She refused to take back a refund and said I couldn't make her go away. I was legally required to let her stay in my house for two more months and couldn't just outrightly eject her. She was right and I was upset. I swore to find a way to get back at her and my chance came in the third week of the second month. That week, she came in with one of her friends. I was sitting on the stairs and they had no clue. They both chatted happily about a modeling gig she got. She talked about a photo shoot that was supposed to be held the next day, how badly the new, unknown models were treated, and how they were given costumes that they had to return with on the day of their shoot. I heard one of her friends exclaim about how ugly the clothes were, and she told them that the clothes were made of sack, and that was the idea behind the shoot anyway. She mentioned that the costumes were the only ones available, and that was why they were given to the models before the time of the shoot. After their conversation, I tiptoed back upstairs and went to my bedroom, as it was nap time. Later in the evening, I heard her bid her friend a good night. She even apologized and told her to leave early because she needed to sleep early and get her beauty sleep. I decided that she wasn't going to get her beauty sleep. My brother had this loud stereo system that he used for his parties in college. I was going to use that as payback and play loud music on it all through the night. At exactly 11 p.m., I tiptoed downstairs to get the stereo system from the kitchen store. On my way to the kitchen, I stopped by the living room and saw a large duffel bag lying on one of the couches in my living room. I figured immediately that it contained the costume that my roommate was going to wear for the photo shoot, and when I opened it, 
I was right. My plans changed immediately. The universe had just handed me a chance to deal with my roommate on a platter of gold. I immediately carried the bag, hid it in my car trunk, and placed a spare tire and other stuff in my trunk to cover it up. The next day, I was up early as usual, and I drove off to campus. I was studying in the library. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When I started getting bombarded with phone calls from my roommates and another unknown phone number that I heavily suspected belonged to her friend. I didn't take any of their calls. Then she texted me. She said she needed the costumes and didn't want to turn up for the photo shoot looking like a joke. I smirked. She should have the thought of the same when she deliberately blared songs from her music player to keep me up at night, refused to accept a refund of her rent, and even threatened to drag the whole thing on to frustrate me. There was nothing she could have told the police or anyone in authority to incriminate me. I had a sterling reputation on campus. I wasn't present when she talked about the costumes, but her friend was there. Her friend left early and could have taken the costume with her, and I left her campus at the usual time with nothing unusual about my character. I could get rid of the costumes in school, and no one would ever know about it. When I returned home that evening, she ran out of the house and nearly jumped in my car, asking where her costumes were. Of course, I denied even knowing what she was talking about. She threw herself at my feet. The costumes cost a lot of money, and the brand owner and agency didn't believe that it was stolen. They believed she took it for herself. The whole stuff was very expensive, so they would not only make her pay for it, but her agency would blacklist her, and so would other modeling agencies who heard about what had happened. I insisted on not knowing what she was talking about and even asked her to ask her friend. She begged and begged and then promised that she'd leave my house if I could just give her back the costumes. That sounded nice to me. I called my ex-boyfriend who's an attorney and had him draw up an agreement. I would give her a refund and she'd leave in a week. She agreed and signed. When the signing was over, I insisted that I knew nothing about the missing costume. When I noticed that she'd started putting her stuff in boxes, I managed to sneak the bag into the living room, exactly where she had kept it. She was so grateful that her modeling career was not getting ruined that she took the bag and didn't say a word to me. The next day, she was out of my house. She really thought she could mess with me, but she thought wrong. I mean, when you're in a situation like this where you have the contract with them, and they're flexing that it's legally binding, you can't do anything to kick me out of this place no matter how much you want to. Sometimes you have to play dirty in those situations, right? OP found the winning combination that A, would not get them in any kind of trouble legally or even socially, but also the perfect thing to do that just makes them go, okay, you know what, fine, it's not even worth living here, I'm gone. Our next story is, best friend got me fired, so I told his fiance his secrets. I, 34-year-old male, recently saw a post on Twitter. It talked about co-workers in a corporate workplace, how they fake their friendships and how, in truth, most of them don't care about you or want to see you succeed. When I read through, I agreed with the post 100% because I faced something similar. When I graduated from college, I had to move to a different city. 
I got a really nice job prospect there, and since it was better than every other one I've gotten, it made sense. After the onboarding process, I was given a tour of the entire office by a really chatty office assistant, Marge, 27-year-old female, and then I settled into my workspace to set up. After a while, this guy approached me and introduced himself. His name was Julian, 38-year-old male, and we worked in the same department. He welcomed me warmly and told me to meet him if I needed anything. He seemed like a cool guy, so I said okay. During the week, he was super helpful with showing me the ropes and everything. I fit in perfectly, and it's all because of him. By the end of the week, Julian asked me to come out for drinks with the rest of the guys in our department, but I said no. As I mentioned earlier, I didn't like being around so many people. Julian took his time to convince me. He said that the drinks with co-workers were like a rite of passage into the department, and everyone had to go through it to be truly accepted into the department, so I decided to go. We went to a bar down the street from the workplace, and we all talked and drank. I have to confess, it was actually fun. Even though I didn't leave my room for the next two days to recharge my social battery, aside from the fact that Julian was very friendly, he was also giving me the opportunity to grow. Whenever tasks were shared in the department, he was always recommending me to the department head to give me a chance to take on bigger projects. He was one of the few people who knew how smart I was, and being someone the department had listened to and respected, I was given bigger projects which gave me a better standing in the workplace. It didn't take long for me to consider Julian as my best friend. He was a genuinely good guy. We went everywhere and did everything together. He was the one that showed me the insides of a strip club. We went there every Friday after work to unwind. With the way he talked and related with the dancers, you'd know he went there a lot, even before me. But the strip club wasn't Julian's only bad habit. Remember that office assistant I talked about? The chatty one, Marge? Well, they had some kind of situationship going on between them. I found out one Friday evening. It was closing time and Julian told me he was feeling kind of sick and that he wasn't going to be able to go to the strip club. This was odd. There had never been a situation where Julian would decide to not go to the club. He'd been ill one time, and even when I told him to go home and that we could go some other time, he said no. That's how I knew something was up, but I decided not to press. If it was something important or something I should know he wanted to do, he would tell me. I left the office last, but as soon as I got down to get a cab, I realized that I'd forgotten my water bottle. It was supposed to be in my cross bag, but I'd left it on the table when I took it out the last time. I used it to prepare my protein shake during the weekend, so I needed it. I decided to go back up to get it. I got into the office floor and picked up my bottle, but when I was about to leave, I heard a strange noise coming from an office somewhere, so I decided to trace it. I got to the office door and pushed it open slightly and quietly. There, I saw Julian and the office assistant Marge going at it in some really weird positions. I was surprised, but it wasn't my place, so I closed the door and left. It was against company policy to have romantic relationships with co-workers, and I'm sure that if management knew that they were having relations in the workplace, they'd surely get fired. But he was my best friend, so I kept it to myself. Besides, they weren't hurting anyone. Julian was unmarried, or so I thought. Just a month after this incident, the company threw an end-of-the-year party and we could all bring a plus one. I came alone, but Julian came with a woman. When I went over to say hi, he introduced her as Camille, his fiancée. I was beyond shocked when I heard this. He and Marge were a thing. 
He went to the strip club every Friday of the week. How on earth was he engaged? I pulled him aside and asked him if Camille knew about his extracurricular activities. I didn't mention anything about him and Marge, of course. He said Camille didn't know and he was planning to keep it that way. He told her he worked late on Fridays because she would definitely not be okay with him going to strip clubs. I said sure. It was a really crazy dynamic, especially with someone you claim to love enough to want to get married to, but who am I to judge? After two years in the company, I was called up by management and they gave me unexpected news. I was being considered for a huge promotion. They recognized my skills and thought that I could do better in a bigger position. I was elated. They said that they were going to do some kind of background check and if I check all the boxes, I'll get the gig. Julian was the first person I told about this, but surprisingly, he wasn't as excited as I was. When I asked him why, all he said was that HR was only trying to hold me down with a title, that they weren't going to give me any significant salary increase. I don't know why he said that and for a moment it looked as though he was jealous of my promotion, but it didn't make sense because he got one the previous year, so I wiped the thought off my mind. It was going to take a few weeks to finalize the check and everything else, so as expected I was impatient. One Friday, Julian decided to switch up. We went to a bar instead of a club, and we drink a lot. Then Julian started talking about the company and how it's a capitalist system where they'll give you promotions which only meant more work, but for pay that's almost the same as before. He told me he regretted all the promotions he had taken because the workload didn't do justice to the meager salaries they were paying. There wasn't anything meager about the salary, but I didn't want to oppose my friend, so in solidarity, I told him that I didn't care about the company or anything and that if they didn't pay me what I expected, I'd quit. The next week, management called me in. I was so excited because I thought that was it. I was going to get promoted, which was a huge step for my career. But as soon as I got to the office, I was told that my contract was being terminated. I couldn't believe my ears. They were firing me. I asked why, and they said they wanted employees who cared about the company. And since they were considering me for a promotion, my interests should have been more than the money they were going to pay. They wanted a loyal employee not one that could be poached by another company offering a dollar higher. I asked them where they got that idea, and they played a recording of my conversation with Julian. Imagine my shock when I heard my voice in the recording talking about how I wouldn't accept the promotion if I wasn't paid well. Company policy dictated that I couldn't say anything negative about the company even when I was off the clock. The craziest part of all of this was that there was no recording of all the crap Julian said about the company beforehand. Just mine. That was how I knew that it was a setup. I had trusted the wrong person. I confronted him about it and all he did was apologize, saying he was only doing his job. HR asked him to gauge how I felt about my job and he had to give them something. I knew it was bull because he knew that recording was going to get me fired, but he sent it in anyway. He said he was sorry, but I wasn't buying it. Everything became clear that day. I wasn't overthinking it that day when I thought he was jealous of my promotion. He probably felt threatened that I got it so early into working for the company, but there was nothing I could do at the time. So I packed my stuff and left the office. I spent days brainstorming ways to get back at Julian for his betrayal, but after a week, I was just about ready to give up, as all the ideas I got would probably have landed me in jail. The answer fell on my lap, literally. I picked up my notebook, and Julian's wedding invite fell out of it. That's where it dawned on me. I was going to make him lose everything 
just as he did to me. On a Monday, I went to Julian's house to see his fiance. She recognized me from the party, so she let me in and we talked. She didn't believe me at first, but I told her I could prove it. On Friday, I returned and we staked out his favorite strip club. A few minutes after work's close, he arrived and walked in. Camille called him just to see what he was going to say, and as expected, he said he was at work. She was so heartbroken, but I wasn't done. I wanted to get proof that he was also sleeping with the office assistant. If I had known that he was going to betray me, I would have taken a video of him and Marge to show HR and Camille, but I didn't, so I had to find another way. I didn't know when he and Marge were going to get together next, but I was sure there was going to be some sort of evidence on Julian's phone. Maybe a text between them or inappropriate pictures. There's always evidence on a cheater's phone, and if she looked well, I was sure she'd find it. Later that midnight, she texted me and told me she looked through his phone, and I was right. She found a series of texts exchanged between them, along with really inappropriate pictures. Some of them were even taken at work. She screenshotted everything and sent it to me, before thanking me for opening her eyes. She broke up with him that same night, but that still wasn't enough for me. I compiled all the pictures Camille sent to me in a folder and sent it to HR. Taking and sharing inappropriate pictures in the workplace is also in violation of company policy. In two weeks, I called one of my ex-co-workers and asked about Julian. She told me he was fired a week ago, along with Marge. I was so happy about the news because at last, my revenge was completed. I felt a little bad for Marge though, but she was cheating with a man that was soon to be married, so she knew what she was signing up for. I mean, to be fair, they probably did the company a favor and they especially did the fiancé a favor. Such an easy revenge to be compelled to do after you get treated like that by somebody you thought was your best friend. If you have very obvious skeletons in your closet, you probably shouldn't go backstabbing people that are the closest to you. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.